Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Pack, the official sports podcast of the Nevada Sagebrush. I am your host once again, Derek Raritan, sports editor for The Brush. Along with me today is Dominic again. Hello, Dominic. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty dandy. How are you, Derek? It's been a week. You know, school's been school. Mm -hmm. I think everybody can kind of attest to just the nature of this semester. But what can we do? We're just students. Anyway, we have a lot to talk about today, specifically about the football team. They very much impressed both me and Dom Mm -hmm. in this little endeavor they had against Kansas last weekend. As well as just overall, I think Nevada Athletics had a really good just week, which we will get into now with a week in review. Dom, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so we'll go ahead and we'll start with the women's volleyball team, actually, who hosted the Wolfpack Tournament on September 14th and 16th, going one and one through the through their first two days of play. The team took on Montana State on the 14th, winning the match sets 3-1. to one. Then two days later, on the 16th, the Wolfpack women lost to the California University Golden Bears 3-1. to The program now moves to the conference play and will take on New Mexico University on September 21st at home. Gotcha. Men's golf also competed in the Husky Invitational on September 18th and 19th. After ending the first round in third place out of 13 teams, the Wolfpack men began to stumble. They ended the second round in sixth place after the first full day. They played two rounds their first day and finished tied for ninth after the third round the following day. Their next tournament will be on October 2nd and 3rd, where they will travel to Boulder, Colorado to play in the Mark Simpson Colorado Invitational. And both the men's and women's cross-country team competed in the 2024 Mountain Regional Preview on September 18th. Both teams finished within the top three as the men took second place with 40 points and the women finished third with 56 points. Daniel Sayo and Claire Nelson both took first in their respective races. The team's next meet is the Highlander Invitational on October 14th in Riverdale, Riverside, excuse me, California. It's Riverside. I think they have a big rivalry <laughs> yeah. bearing on that. Um, as well, we had a lot of sports this last week. Uh, <laughs> women's soccer had two games in the past week, both of them being at home. On September 14th, the Wolfpack women took on the Northern Colorado Bears. Ludz Ariega and Emily Rich both secured goals in the team's first win of the season. Then, three days later, on September 17th, the women's soccer team took on the Eastern Washington Eagles, winning 3-2. Ariega, Serene Granar, and Gabby Brown all scored in the first period, giving the team the lead it needed to survive the Eagles' two goals in the second period. The Wolfpack women now move to conference play, traveling to Fort Collins, Colorado, to take on the Colorado State Rams on September 21st. And lastly, the football team took on the Kansas Jayhawks at home on September 16th, losing to the Big 12 opponent 31-24. to Despite the loss, Nevada actually looked like a football team this time. The defense held Kansas to a season low in total yards, 441, and touchdowns with four. However, the offense's five fumbles stopped the team from truly gaining an edge against the Jayhawks. With one game left before conference play, the football team will travel to San Marcos, Texas to take on the Texas State Bobcats on September 23rd. I will say, a hell of a week in just Nevada athletics in general. Um, just to kind of, you know, get initial reactions into it. How do you feel about Nevada athletics this past week? I, I, I think I'm proud of my school. Yeah, I mean, anytime your school can produce in sports and... Not just in one, but when it comes to it produces in several over the same course of time. It just feels good. You know, you know that 
it actually feels like your school is doing something important. They're actually succeeding, and especially during the fall season, we usually always seem to have a pretty good set of quality teams and matches that go well, so it was it's pretty nice to see how well everyone is doing. Especially considering the last few weeks, like we mentioned it, women's soccer just won their first two games, mm-hmm. which, hallelujah, they, and they're doing, they caught fire right before conference play, which to me is good. Yeah. You have cross-country kicking butt, which they always typically do, right? At least contending for top spots in every single thing they go up against, right? Women's volleyball, I mean, don't get me wrong. Women's volleyball has been doing all right. You know, they've been like one in three team or one in two team the entire way through until this, you know, last tournament. Right. So, you know, seeing them get one and one, it was a little bit, you know, nice, especially considering that, you know, they took on someone who, a, a program, not someone, who very much contends in a lot of their games. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So, you know, shout out Montana State there, yeah. I guess. And then football, which we actually segues into our big football talk for the for the cast today. What a game. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, especially being 28-point underdogs at home and to lose by only a touchdown. I mean, it's still a loss, but it's somewhat of a moral victory. There's, there's a lot of silver linings. There's not wins. There's progress. Yeah. I think that's what Ken Wilson said, and I completely wholeheartedly agree. We didn't win much. <laughs> like, our defense did really well, but they still got carved up, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they still give up 441 yards, and they gave up four touchdowns. But yep. keeping, like, a Kansas team that was so explosive, I believe, because obviously the rankings updated, and I probably should have done this research beforehand, but a almost top 10 offense, if not top 10 offense, in the entire country— mm-hmm. And we held them to that. Exactly. You know, I, I don't. I mean, again, not a win, but very much a proud silver lining, at least in my book. Yeah, I mean, they just, especially when you look at the first two games between USC and Idaho, it's it was just a completely different switch, right. you know. And a lot of people were expecting the same outcome of we were going to get stomped and we weren't going to put on a show for the home crowd. And I'm still. I mean, there's not much more to say about it except for, you know, being that high of an underdog, especially at home, playing such a powerhouse of a program and being able to, it came down to that final drive in the fourth quarter to where Nevada actually had the chance to potentially tie it or even win it. So it really, they just showed a lot more confidence and that's, even though the losing streak continues, that they have a lot to go into for week four. I'm not going to lie to you. I think we both talked about this when we were watching the game. The fact that the commentary for that game. Of course, I understand. They have their own things that they were going to talk about Mm -hmm. beforehand. They did not (laughs) expect Nevada to come out and be like, hey, we're actually going to be a team finally. But every single time, especially after like the first half, that the commentary team was like, this team has, you know, the longest losing streak. in Every single commercial break. Exactly. It's just like, it's that plus like. They were, like, heavy underdogs, supposed mm-hmm. to lose by multiple touchdowns. And I'm like, dog, like, please tell me you have more repertoire than that. Yeah. <laughs> like, please tell me to at least a little bit more homework. I understand there's a there, – obviously, we shouldn't have – I say shouldn't have. We weren't expected to play to that level. But we did. Mm-hmm. So why do you keep on bringing up the same points like that? It, it irks me a bit. But, again, we are we are Nevada. Right. <laughs> love Nevada. We love. are Nevada. Yeah. We have not been doing good since – September, like yeah, like early September last year. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Two and oh. yep. So it's it, it just makes sense for them to not. I, I guess I don't know, but I do want to pick apart 
their play a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mainly the fumbles. Because yeah. to me, don't get me wrong, when you like when you're throwing the pill around the entire way through, right? When you're handing it off and you're getting big breaks, like Brandon, uh, Brandon Lewis didn't really hand it off to himself, but you know what I mean. Right. When you're breaking out and getting these big runs, obviously something's clicking there. But five fumbles, and I think if I remember correctly, two or three of them were from running backs. I believe so. Yeah. I believe it's two. Mm-hmm. So I could be dead wrong on that one, but I believe it's two. I know Sean Dollars at least had one. I think so. I have to look back at the stats, but. If you wouldn't mind checking that for me, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, so like you, you're looking at this and you're just like, we're doing so good, but then you're not protecting the rock. Exactly. So I, I just, it kind of like it was a fun game. It was a, it was finally a football game. But at the end of the day, I think there's a lot that Nevada still has to work on. One of them is protecting the rock. That's not hard. I think our offensive line did step up a bit. But that doesn't give Brendan Lewis the right to have negative passing yards for the majority of the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he, granted, he did step up. You know, he might have not been there in the passing game, per se. I mean, he only had 113 passing yards. He's kind of been around that mark all season. But it was nice to see that, I mean, he's been using his legs all season. But we haven't really seen too much production out of that. So it was nice to finally see him kind of break out from that. I mean, he had 58 rushing yards on 11 attempts and two of his touchdowns were rushing touchdowns. He did it himself. So it's only two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. So he was, while he might've not been, you know, passing the ball well per se, he at least, you know, he changed it up a bit. He started using the legs and overall, I think it was just nice to see the running game get better in general. Especially with, you know, we've talked about before how the offensive line is. But, I mean, Nevada did finish with more rushing yards than Kansas in this game, you know? So they were... We did, yeah. Yeah, they were... It was 150 rushing yards total, um, which was more than Kansas. I mean, Kansas dominated the passing game, but at least to say that one aspect of the offense was clicking, and that was kind of the big reason why we were able to keep it so close. Not to mention the defense, which, by the way, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I was dead right about the defense. <laughs> I just – because – a little tangent. The defense has always either been our very much strong suit or a very much weak point. Right. Right? We saw that throughout last year. The first three games that we played, we had a higher scoring games. That third one against Incarnate Word, definitely a high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. But then after that, we really didn't have too much of an offensive presence, at least overall – but our defense was the one thing that kind of carried a lot of the games, especially games like the Colorado State game, right. the UNLV game. You know, like, and those are just two examples. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It, it, it felt so good to see them get these three, uh, not even just three and outs, get these big stops when they needed to, get all these sacks when they, want, when, when they needed and wanted to. I will say... Blackwell pissed me off. <laughs> Getting that unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, why? Because mm-hmm. you like that just pissed me off. But at the end of the day, we understand. You know, it's just a play. Emotions run high in a close game. Exactly. So it's like, uh, but either way, the defense was doing so so good, and the offense, in my opinion, let down the game. Yeah, and I mean, especially during that first half, they did a very good job of holding it down. I mean, what was it? They only scored one touchdown in that first quarter in Kansas. That, that was the only points in general they had scored in the first quarter. And yeah. into the going into the break at halftime, they were tied at 10-10. So the defense did, you know, normally it's 
you would have expected that game to be already you know twenty point difference heading into the half, and they they kept it close. They oh, yeah. did what they were supposed to do, especially when it came to they put a lot of pressure on Jalen Daniels, the Kansas quarterback. Oh, yeah. He was sacked a couple times. I know they recorded the Nevada defense forced a couple fumbles. They were playing a lot different than what we had normally seen. It's yeah, it was it, it was so refreshing to see that because, I mean. I mean, I, I think we talked about it potentially a little bit on the podcast last episode. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have been saying, like, just sell the football team. Or not, and, like, not sell, like, well, not yeah. fully sell mm-hmm. in the majority of eyes. Some people actually mean sell the football <laughs> team, which, my brothers, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, we can't, so, like, when you look at the how they did amongst all the criticism, it was mm-hmm. so refreshing to see this. And I think that if we see... Kansas level or Kansas game Wolfpack. Yeah. Any more or, or excuse me, any other time in the rest of our season, we're winning at least three, four games. Oh yeah. Because I mean, no disrespect to anybody in the Mountain West. The Mountain West has a horrible record right now. Yeah. Um, can you look up what their actual overall record is if you don't mind? Because I know it's like we barely have any wins. Yeah. But... I mean, I know Fresno State is dominating. Fresno um, State's so always far. dominating though. Yeah. Yeah. To your point, I mean, it hasn't been. It's kind of been all over the place when it comes to this. Because, like, and we'll have the occasional, like, amazing play right. or the amazing win, you know. But every every team has that, mm-hmm. you know. So it's nice. Like, it's it was nice to see us do the well, but it's scary to think that that's a good game against someone, you know what I mean? I mean, honestly, like, Mountain West, like, Air Force, they're 3-0. Fresno State, 3-0. Uh, UNLV, Wyoming are both 2-1. Um, Wyoming finally got a loss. They did, yeah. So we are finally so <laughs> we're we're at down at the bottom. Um but oh, yeah. I mean, Colorado State's down there with us. Uh San San Jose State, Hawaii, Utah. So it's been it's more it definitely seems more balanced this year. There is we have the top teams and then it's the bottom teams. There's not too much middle ground. That's fair. Hopefully we can get some middle ground sometime here soon. Right. That'd be nice. But some of those games like San Jose State, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um Colorado State, yeah, Hawaii. We talked about that earlier. There's a lot of winnable games. There's a lot yeah, of winnable exactly. situations that mm-hmm. we can go forward with this. As much as Texas State has been doing good, and kind of you know, good segue pat on my shoulder, <laughs> the big country pat. But um, no. So I think that even though Texas State's been kicking absolute butt recently, they scored 77 points in their last game for mm-hmm. God's sake. Mm-hmm. I think still genuinely we have a chance. I don't know about you, but I think we have at least a chance of getting in, get, getting into Texas State at their home and really trying to show them up and be like, hey, we're still here. We beat y'all last year, and we're here to beat you again. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, it's just like we had said. It's just it's about how Nevada is going to limit the just the mistakes in general. I mean, yeah. we talked about the five fumbles. It's just they need to be able to play – clean football because like we said it's texas state is a very they're they're kind of off and on i mean like how you just said they scored 77 points last game and just completely dominated but then the week before that they only scored 13 points and lost so it's kind of a they're not they haven't really found their identity yet either so i feel like they're pretty similar to nevada in that aspect where the talent and the potential is both there especially for nevada on paper but it's it's been going back and forth like Last week against Kansas, we finally saw what they're capable of and what we expected to see out of them from the gate. 
now going into this Texas State game, you kind of have to play that what-if game of, well, which which Nevada team are you going to get? Which Texas State team are you going to get? Because you could get two completely opposite sides. You could get the same one. That is true, I will say, just because there's just there's so many factors to play into it. We are on the road, mm-hmm. so that could play a little bit bigger presence than most people think. I know Texas State's also a pretty dang good defense. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they're leading the nation in tackles for loss, and they're third in the nation in total sacks. So they're... Especially against how inexperienced our offensive line is, it's it's going to be their biggest challenge. I would see even more than USC, even more than Idaho. It's it's going to be a lot different for them. Yeah, I, uh, God, <laughs> I I am nervous to see that trench warfare and mm-hmm. see if we really truly hold this team. I think we could. Don't get me wrong. I think our our young stars on the team are definitely getting more reps. They're starting to feel a lot more comfortable. As seen in Kansas, but there's still that looming effort of like, is this a fluke? Which it could be. It damn well could be. A lot of people have been championing the fact that like Kansas was the one that made the mistakes, which is right. fair. Mm-hmm. You know, a team to and do they good. Make plenty, yeah, yeah. Or a team needs to do good when those teams make those mistakes, right? Mm. But I think ooh, I just punched the mic. My fault. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, so there's a point in which you could be you could make about that, but I still think Nevada still like played. To a level that gives them at least a little bit more flack. Well, not flack. Uh, less flack. Right. When it comes down to like actually playing this season. Especially against conference teams. And I would like to say this is going to be a defensive versus defensive effort. Am I wrong in saying that? I would. It's going to be. It's Like I said, it's just one of those things where you don't really know which one you're going to get. You know, you could get... We could go into this game on Saturday, and it could be defensive ball. We're going to see a low-scoring game, a lot of turnovers, a lot of mistakes. Or, like, we could also be preparing ourselves for a shootout, you know, where both teams seem to be clicking. And Because, I mean, obviously we saw last week's game with Kansas – or, excuse me, with Texas State and how dominant they were on the offensive side of the football. So it's one of those things where both teams are – that's why I say they're similar in that aspect. They – They've been inconsistent when it comes to scoring and when it comes to defense. And so it's a kind of thing where we could be prepared for a high-scoring shootout. We could be prepared for a defensive-minded game. It's one of those things where who's going to show up? No, that's valid. I think there's a uh, – yeah, we've already kind of hit that nail in the coffin on this one. But I want to get just like – obviously, it's Wednesday. We have a lot of things that can lead up to this game on right. Saturday. What do you think the outcome will be? Like, like, like what's your prediction going forth? And if, if, and what do you predict this game coming down to? Like, like do you think this is going to be one of those like offensive, offensive games, defensive, defensive? Maybe just one offense versus one defense, and the other side's just you know for both teams is just meh. Like, like, what do you see coming forth from this game? I think it's going to come down to. It's definitely going to come down to whose defense can hold it down. I see it. Both teams are coming off good offensive games between Texas State and Nevada. Um, so I think it's going to come down to who can stop who in that final minute. I mean, especially in the run game. I mean, we saw Nevada. Brandon Lewis was using his legs a lot. We saw Ashton Hayes and Sean Dollars get a lot of action. And I know that Texas State game, their run game was pretty dominant. From what I know, their running backs haven't had any lost yardage. Like they have uh, their two starting running backs, um, they both have 
over 100 rushing yards so far, and they haven't lost anything. Hmm. Um, so they're, it's going to come down to one of those things where you're in the final final minute of the half, final minute of the fourth, whatever the case is, it's going to be one of those defensive, who's going to stop who on the offensive side of the ball? Because it's going to be, I think it's going to be a little more higher. I'm going to say 33-21 Texas State. I would love to see Nevada win, and I think they have a chance. But I think just with how much Texas State is coming off of that last win, I see them having the edge a little bit over, especially with how dominant their defense has been. I'm not too sure how much confidence I can say that Nevada would be able to overpower that. No, I completely get that because there's just as much like like last week there was nothing to talk about right. when it came to anything Nevada football. Mm-hmm. Now we have a defense. Now we have an offense that has yet to click on half of its potential plays. Right. You know, the passing game is just not there. Mm-hmm. And that's if you're going to try to rely on your run game like you were saying number one team in the nation for tackles for loss. Yep. And then what was the ranking for sacks again? Yeah, they were third for total sacks. Yes, third for total sacks. Yeah. So you're looking you, – you, like you have to be better on both aspects of offense mm-hmm. before you can get anywhere in, co- in college football, let alone in the NFL for God's sake, right? Exactly. So there's a little part of me that thinks that Nevada can still like you know squeak this one, but I think this is going to be a little less scoring. I think it's going to be – we're going to aim 24-16 Texas State. Okay. I think Nevada is going to try and get a, another thing that I, uh, we didn't really bring up all that much. And the reason why I think this, Nevada's red zone presence is horrible. Yeah. I mean, they were a lot better last game. Oh, yeah. Um, I know they were 4-4 four four in the red zone, which compared to the past two games, it was terrible. Or the two games before that, it was terrible. Yeah. So it's nice to see that they're getting a little better on that. But they're obviously still not great, and they're not averaging – that many points in general. So. Well, that's what, I was, that's what I was referencing. I don't mean like when it comes to field goals. I think like when right. su- success of touchdown, mm-hmm. like or su- success of touchdown rate, excuse me, is just not high at all for Nevada. We right. got we had a couple last game, which was good, but that wasn't, but I think one or two of those were not in the, no, no, no all of them were in the red zone. They were all rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good on them, but you still have to sort of look at it and just go, this is a team that still has to prove themselves offensively on the passing game exactly. because they, we haven't even eclipsed 170 yards in any of our games. Mm-mm. You know, and and I mean from an individual quarterback standpoint. I know Brandon Lewis and um, AJ Bianco crossed that um, crossed that milestone together against USC. Right. So, like. There's nothing to really applaud the offensive passing game. The offensive rushing, though, it may get stopped here. So that's why I'm just like, it's going to come down to Texas State scoring a few touchdowns, mm-hmm. maybe a maybe a field goal or two. All right. And then from there, Nevada getting one touchdown, probably. And then the rest of the time, they're only kicking field goals. But you can't win a game off of field goals exactly. unless your defense is just clicking. Right. So we'll just have to wait and see on that one. I'm not certain if he'll go the way we want it to, sadly. Yeah, and since we're we both have them in losing that game against Texas State, that would obviously push the losing streak to 14 games. So, since we both believe that, when do you think the losing streak is actually going to end? Because that's the other interesting thing about Texas State is the last time Nevada won a football game was September of last season. It was week two, and we beat Texas State. At I home. mentioned that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, 
you know, we face them again, but we both have them losing this one. Pushes the losing streak another day. So when when do you think the losing streak is going to end, if that's the case? As much as I want to have confidence and say it'll be against this team, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a definitive end to this right now. Yeah. And it's that's not me trying to talk any sort of smack either. No, yeah. You know, I'm not trying to talk pack. No, I'm not trying to talk pack on this one. I'm trying to, like, just be real. It's – there's just so much – so many question marks yeah. left to answer for Nevada that there's there's no definitive end for it right now. Mm-hmm. Will they win against San Jose State? Most likely. Maybe. I don't know. Will they win against Hawaii? Probably not because those big boys <laughs> always seem to beat us, yeah. at least since I've been here. And mm. though they have always – done an amazing job. They've always been a high-scoring, very tough-and-nails team, so maybe not them. Will it be UNLV? You know, they're at home this year, right? Maybe then. But there's, again, it's all maybes and shoulds. Yeah. you got to really try to push that and be like, when is the yes, this will be the date that we change our losing streak? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's rough to say, but it's the damn truth yeah because i mean and this week is the last week of out of conference play after texas state we go into the mountain west so it's and that's when it starts getting really important and not, i mean we have fresno state after texas state so it's it's not going to get any easier right out of the gate no it's it's just going to get harder because fresno state we mentioned is one of the three schools that are three and out Mm-hmm. In our conference. And I so, mean, there's already talks of them being in some of the top, you know, in the early bowl predictions, being in one of the top bowl games this year, you know? So it's with how they, especially with how they've been playing, I mean, they just beat ASU last week. You know, they, they're looking hot. They're looking hot. And they're most likely going to win the Mountain West. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. So, because that's the, the three games after Texas State goes Fresno State, UNLV, San Diego State. I would. I'm gonna go and say UNLV is when it would end, but UNLV has actually been playing pretty good football. They have been, yeah. So it's it's hard to say. I mean, I would. I would hate. <laughs> you can't go winless. That's all I can say. They I have mean, to win one. Yeah, and if Ken Wilson wants to keep a job, then they at least need to get back to the two win mark that they matched last year. But you just you can't have this long of a losing streak, and I get it. You know you played really tough out of conference teams, um, but once we get into the Mountain West play uh, after this Texas State game, there can't be too much of an excuse because there are plenty of matchups to where we should be favored and we should be capable of winning. And you mentioned something that I really want to touch on this really quick because we are starting to get decently long. We're about twenty nine minutes in, mm-hmm. so just to kind of put a little nail in the thing about the whole Ken Wilson thing that we talked about last week with mm-hmm. him being on the hot seat. Yeah. I would argue it's not Ken Wilson. Mm-hmm. I would definitely argue it's not Ken Wilson. He's done good. Yeah. Like you've seen his scheme. He's mainly a defensive coach. Yeah. And you've seen how he did against one of the best team best offensive teams in the nation. Yeah. I would argue it's Derek Sage, which is the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Hmm. Okay. He's on the hot seat. Yeah. And it's solely because of his play calling, especially that last play in the, um, the Kansas game. Yeah, that was just there was no direction. To that. There was it was a jet sweep, which hey, jet sweeps work. I'm not saying they don't. But doing it on the fourth down and that is just it. It's hyper predictable. Yeah. And it's not even funny that we didn't get a first down at yeah. that point. It's 
embarrassing. And again, that shows the weakness of how the passing game is. There's there's no threat of it, so they kind of have to do these cute little run jet sweep plays to try getting it, and the defense expects it. And it's it's not even anything to do with our position players. Our position our position players have shown right. multiple times through USC, through big plays against Idaho, the couple plays we had against Idaho, mm-hmm. the big plays we had on Saturday. We had so many things go for us. Why are we throwing short when we're in a two-minute drill, right. basically, at the one our one-yard line, yeah. and you're running short plays, yeah. draining your own clock? You have no timeouts. Mm-hmm. You have. It's been shown. Brandon Lewis can throw that pill. Oh yeah, he's been con- he's connected with multiple wide receivers for big gains. Yep. Why are we not passing the ball down the field like that? At least getting into field goal range, at least. Exactly. It's so I would argue it's him. Yeah. I think there's a, there should be a conversation of whether or not Sage can genuinely be brought back, even if it's in the middle of the season. Should he be brought back? Which right now is a no because right. our offense has been atrocious, at least comparatively, since last year. Yeah, so I, I mean, which I yeah, I agree on that. I mean, it's one of those things where I think it's going to come down to, depending how this season ends, you know, the athletic director and the university as a whole is going to have to just evaluate how the coaching staff did. And I think it's, I feel like it would come down to either all or nothing. It's either, you know, Ken Wilson and his whole staff get bounced, or they put in more faith in them for one more year. Um, but I definitely think if they want to feel comfortable, they at least have to at least have to match last year's win total, if not surpass it. Um, but if you only win one game this season, or knock on wood, going winless, then you know you kind of have to put a scapegoat on somebody. You know, it's unfortunate to say, but that just usually tends to be the head coach. And along with the head coach, when someone new comes in, they usually want to bring in their own guys. So. If Ken Wilson goes, the rest will follow, and then it's you know you see a completely new staff head. So it's it's one of those things where I do think Ken Wilson is a great coach. He's had a great track record, so it's just depending on how much they can rebound. That is fair. Anyways, it, it's been a long episode. Yeah. I appreciate it, though. So just want to say thank you to everybody who stayed and watched mm-hmm. or listened rather um, to this episode of Talking Pack. Um, this has been Derek Raritan with me, as uh, so far as always, Dominic Gutierrez. Sir. We have socials now, um, just we to do. kind of promote them a little bit now, uh, yep. a little bit more. We had them last week, but now they're official this week. It is, I believe. Let me double check. I know it's it's talking pack all under all together, all lowercase on Instagram and on X, Twitter, whatever you <laughs> call it at this point. It is. Let me double check. I think this is the one that is different. It is Talking Pack UNR, capital T, capital P, capital UNR, because someone took Talking Pack on Twitter, <laughs> and I was very upset about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, so go ahead, follow us on our socials. We'll be posting stuff, hopefully regularly. Most of the time, it'll just be retweets about stuff from Mountain West, from Nevada Sportsnet, coaching interviews, as well as eventually our own clips. Yep. So it'll be a lot of fun there. And then eventually TikTok. We'll get to TikTok when we can. (laughs) It's a work in progress. Indeed. So anyways, thank you all very much again for listening to this episode of Talking Pack. And I hope to to hear that y'all are here next week. (laughs) Have a good one, everybody. Have a good one.